Hello, welcome back to the Life on the Wrist podcast. I hope you all are doing well. I don't know about you guys, but this year is going by so quickly. I can't believe we're already halfway through uh, February. It feels like just yesterday we were celebrating New Year. Today, what we're going to be talking about is uh, brand ambassadors and brand ambassadors and watches and whether or not they're actually selling, whether or not they actually do sell watches for these brands. Um, there's an interesting article in the New York Times that I, I read recently that kind of uh, spoke about, you know, brand ambassadors for watch companies and whether or not they actually sell watches. Obviously, this was kind of associated with um, the um, American football Super Bowl that happened uh, previously. There was a lot of stuff um, on Instagram and kind of in watch media uh, talking about you know Tom Brady, who was one of the quarterbacks in who participated in the in the Super Bowl, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, who were both sponsored by watch companies, and they were kind of discussing, you know, if 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 that indeed does sell watches for these these companies that these um, athletes um, are are sponsored by. There are other athletes that are obviously sponsored. Roger Federer is probably an easy one to think of his relationship with Rolex. Um, there's also David Beckham and his relationship with Tudor. You can name a, a bunch of athletes and, and who they're associated with and, and, and watch companies that, that kind of sponsor them. Um, another one, uh, Rafael, Rafael Nadal and his relationship with Richard Mille. There are many out there that we can kind of walk through, and I thought I would just give my thoughts on um, whether or not I think it's it's a way for uh, you know brands to continue to sell and market to um, to customers. If you are new to the Life on the Wrist podcast, be sure to subscribe or follow us. Um, we release uh, a podcast every week on Tuesday, and so if you want to listen to a podcast about watches, this is definitely the you're in the right place. So be sure to follow us. Also, if you haven't checked us out on any of our social medias and you want more content from us, we're pretty um, focused on our YouTube channel. We upload three times a week there, but you can also check out our website um, where we post our, our blog posts. And you can also uh, follow us on you know the normal social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, all of those, there is a link in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. So going back to the topic at hand, I find uh, brand ambassadors to be quite an interesting concept. Um, when it comes to watches, it's, it's I think, even more so uh, an interesting concept. The idea from a marketing perspective is that these um, athletes will wear these watches, they'll you know, be in advertisements, and hopefully this will lead to people being interested in buying um, these watch companies' products. So uh, Tom Brady is sponsored by IWC, uh, um, David Beckham is sponsored by Tudor, Roger Federer is sponsored by, um, by Rolex. And the idea is that the more that these individuals wear them, the more other people will be interested in these watches, and then hopefully this will lead to potential sales for these customers. I guess the idea also is, you know, these athletes are wearing these pieces. You want to be similar to these athletes, so um, hopefully you can wear these watches. But I actually think it, from a from a watch company's perspective, I actually think it is a different kind of idea. I think they're looking for athletes who are going to, you know, be um, fairly large in the public. They'll be in the limelight. They'll be in places where. 
they can be seen. And this will hopefully allow more people to actually see these brands and what they're able to produce. And that would hopefully end up uh, as sales. So I think the whole idea of brand being a brand ambassador has more to do with getting eyes on the pieces that these athletes are actually wearing than um, creating a, uh, you know, a, you know, a basic, the basic idea of, um, you know, my favorite athletes wear this, wears this watch, so hopefully I can wear this watch. I think the Super Bowl is a great example of that. Um, you know, these uh, athletes are sponsored by these watch companies. Obviously, a large part of the United States wears uh, watches this um, event. There are some international people that watch um, the American Football uh, League. And so um, this would hopefully create... Um, a place where the impressions that that these advertisements can have or these athletes can have um, that will hopefully lead to, you know, clicks on these, these watchmakers' websites will hopefully increase. I mentioned the New York Times article that I read recently, and I, it was quite interesting to see what, um, what some of the larger um, known names in the industry kind of talk about when it comes to... Um, you know, brand ambassadors. They interviewed people like um, uh, Jean-Claude Biver, who's obviously huge into marketing. He's um, very, very uh, pro-marketing, especially when it comes to Hublot and Tyke Hoyer and all the things that he's done with those those companies in recent years. I think Tyke Hoyer is a great example of um, brand ambassadors that Jean-Claude Biver has really cultivated. He's tried to catch, um, I think, the younger generations um, who are ultimately the, the, the next kind of wave of consumer when it comes to watches. He sponsored uh, some DJs. He sponsored some um, really cool extreme sports athletes um, or created, I guess, sponsorship relationships with these, with these people. And I think that's an attempt to try and capture the younger audiences and get the, the Tagar name um, in front of these uh, younger, the, the this next generation of, of watch collector. Obviously, in this New York Times article, he was very pro-brand ambassadors and kind of described his his thoughts on that. Um, but they also did an interview with the Alanga and Zöna CEO, Wilhelm Schmidt, and he kind of spoke about um, brand ambassadors and sponsorships in a very different way. And the way that he actually said is, you know, we they Alang and Zuna does not sponsor anyone. There aren't, aren't any many brand ambassadors for Alang and Zuna. But Wilhelm, Wilhelm Schmidt really described it in an interesting way. And he said, every person who wears an Alang and Zuna watch is a brand ambassador for Alang and Zuna. And I thought this was a really interesting kind of thought. To be able to do that, you obviously have to be have to create an extremely high quality product that a lot of people like. Um, and I think Alangansen does exactly that. They um, produce uh, some of the best watches, um, really, uh, you know, in the world. And because of that, there are a lot of people that have showed support for the brand and have obviously, you know, posted on Instagram and spoken about them with their friends. And and um, this has created a lot of... Um, create a lot of, you know, YouTube videos. And that is what Wilhelm Schmidt is really looking for. Every single person who buys it uh, has to um, 
has to like it, and that will end up being, you basically have, you know, let's say there's 20,000 people that own Alangan Zuna watch, you have 20,000 brand ambassadors right there that can, that can uh, prolificate your message about your brand and the, the quality of the pieces and how great they are. And I think that gets at the root, the root um, idea that I've been, t- I've been kind of speaking about, and that is um, getting eyes on your watches so that people can buy it. Um, I thought that was a really interesting, interesting kind of comment from uh, Schmidt in this New York Times article. Um, there are other brands that I can think of that have similar concepts. I know that Max Buza from MBNF has a similar idea. He really doesn't um, do a lot of, uh, you know, his marketing, his idea of what marketing should be for his brand is very different than perhaps a Tug Heuer or a Rolex. Um I think his is also a little bit more aligned with Wilhelm Schmidt in that um, if he produces a high quality piece, uh, then you will have, uh, you know, every single person who owns one of your watches, that is a brand ambassador for you. And even in my case, if you don't own an MBNF, um, but you know that it's an an extremely incredible piece, you're obviously going to do some marketing for them as well. Uh, if you if you aren't really familiar with with this podcast, I am probably one of the biggest fans of MBNF. I think the I really love the uh, Legacy Machine Number One. It's one of my favorite uh, watches of all time, and so I speak about MBNF at length. So um, just to explain that a little bit there. What's interesting, I think, about this concept though, is it really comes down to um, whether or not you are creating watches that are of high quality and are watches that are extremely desired by collectors, by enthusiasts. And I think that really differentiates how one can can do their marketing here. I think this is not to say that brands who do have brand ambassadors don't create quality pieces, but I think it basically has to be one of the biggest draws to your brand is the quality of watches you're creating. If you think of Alang and Zona, they're known for creating extremely beautiful watches, first off, and second, extremely high quality uh, watches when it comes to the finishing of the movement. But also, um, you also have to consider, you know, the construction of these watches are, you know, they're they're up there with the the you know the Holy Trinity, Patek Philippe, uh, Vacheron Constantin, uh, Arma Pigi, you know. Alang and Zun is up there, and I think that is why up there and and sometimes even surpasses the the um, construction quality and the finishing uh, on on these movements. It oftentimes surpasses some of these brands, and I think that allows you to have a lineup of watches that you may not need to do too much work when it comes to brand ambassadors because those who are interested in watches will identify your watches being of high quality, and there will therefore be a brand ambassador for you on Instagram, on Twitter, they will talk about your watch and that will really create something something special. Um, there aren't, I have to say, you know, there's there's a lot of watch brands out there and I don't think every watch brand has the opportunity to do something like this. So be, to be able to be in that position is a very unique one and a very, uh, you know, Alang and Zuna should be very proud of what they've kind of created because I think that really shows, uh, you know, they don't need brand ambassadors because everyone who owns an Alangans in a watch is one. So I thought that was a really cool article. It's funny, um, you know, when when you think about watch marketing, you know, 
it's it's definitely transformed over the last couple of years. I think previously, you know, brand ambassadors and sponsors were extremely important to watch, you know, watch collecting, selling watches, you know, the watch industry. Um, you know, you would see these people photographed in magazines and and uh, on TV ads, and that was a, a really important part. But I think the whole nature of, like, consumerism, if you want to call it that, has really changed. Um, and I think, personally, I think it's actually kind of for the better because um, if you create a quality piece, you will get the recognition for that, and that is kind of the way that you uh, can market your product, or I guess the marketing of a product can happen. And I guess, I guess these companies really do save money if they don't, you know, have these uh, massive uh, advertisement, um, you know, budgets they have to fulfill. I'll put a link to the New York Times article in the show notes if you'd like to take a look at it. Um, it's a really interesting article. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So send us a, a direct message or, or email us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, if you are new to the to the podcast... Uh, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, be sure to follow us or subscribe to us, um, you know, so that you you can listen to us on the on a weekly basis. We cover a range of topics here, so um, the main the main the 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 central idea is it's about watches. So if you are interested in that, be sure to subscribe to the channel. If you wouldn't mind uh, rating this podcast, that would also be really helpful for us. If you want to follow us on any of our social medias and get con- more content from us, you can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We also post on YouTube. But really, if you want to see all of our content, you can head over to lifeontherist.com. as where all of our um, stuff is there. Also, we um, recently went over some of the watches that we have in our store. We have a beautiful Longines, a beautiful double-signed Universal Genève a beautiful uh, vintage Patek Philippe. And most recently, we've got a Rolex Explore 2 in. We haven't done any content around this watch yet, but uh, that is coming soon, so stay tuned. Um, And with that said, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and until next time.